My name is Paolo. My name is actually Luis Paolo, but I go by Paolo. I'm currently studying at the Danish National School of Performing Arts, Dance and Choreography in my third year of a four-year program. And this is my motivation slash application for Danish Dance Stories residency in Vestjylland. Okay. I was given a first name that sounds like that of a lady after being born in the Philippines. I dropped it for a while as I lived about Sweden and Denmark the past 10 years, and it still clings on. My primary concerns have been around sharpening dance craft, wondering how dance and choreography have and could change worlds, queer identity politics, post-colonialism and social mobility. This bio and cultural interest came about thanks to the book Staying with the Trouble by Donna Haraway. I think I wrote this last minute, like the night it was supposed to close the application. Anyways, it was pretty late and it was fun to write. And then while writing this, I realized that I'm bringing quite Swedish issues or um, how do I phrase this? Urgencies, things that we need to pay attention to, or I feel that we need to pay attention to. And that's what's keeping me invested in dance and choreography, because I believe that by having bodies as a main way of working and also presenting work, whatever that means, there, I mean, there's always the question of representation and then the the weird things that it brings about, the complexity and then there's interpretation and um, emancipation, emancipated spectator, for example, that I hold quite close. And it's just a lot of stuff that's, that I feel has built, been built in my, in my curiosities the past three, four years. And I feel that this residency would give me time and space to work with those together with others that maybe have already worked with them or worked with other things but are relevant. And because I come with these uh, issues or things to work on, I wonder how those would behave in relation to what others are doing in the dance field here in Denmark. Ah, yes. Uh, Staying with the Trouble by Donna Haraway came to me thanks to Lisa Nyberg, a Swedish, I don't know what to call her, maybe lecturer, visual artist, but she studies in Vienna on a postdoctoral or PhD level of something. She's super lovely. And before I did dance, I was actually dreaming of becoming a chemical engineer or a doctor. So I have interest in biology. My first entrance, if you want to call it an entrance, to the body as an interest was in the medical field. And I studied nursing as another entrance towards, you know, taking care or working with body, somebody else or my own body, whatever. And so I had an interest in cells and then caring for people and then caring for animals. And then I'm not so good with plants, but there, there's, a, there's a new age coming along with Dance for Plants and stuff. But yeah. Staying with the Trouble. Um, it's a super cool book, very repetitive in how it's written. So it's very easy to read and just a joy to read also. And I really enjoy how 
Donna Haraway writes about um, being urgent. And I really appreciate how things are described not as issues or problems, but urgencies as it kind of has an activist spirit without this rioting activist spirit, but just ongoingness. There's, I get the sense of there's no such thing as fighting the system because that's incredibly abstract. But making it kind of tangible and down to earth by like, for me saying that we are participating in certain things like where do you buy your food? How do you treat your body? How do you treat somebody else? Do you identify with a country? And what cultures do you identify with? How do the things you do affect other places? And what places do they make, whatever it is we do? I think that's what has drawn me to that book. Because probably, probably because I am a foreigner in Denmark and I am a foreigner also in Sweden. And to begin with, I already felt like a foreigner in the Philippines because of the Mm, U.S. cultural residue, let's call it. Areas of interest, craft of a dancer, historical trajectories of movement, social mobility, particular interest in forms and shapes, digital space and social medias as traps, places of waiting and reactivation. This makes me think first of how I get to contact with dance happenings, let's call it, performances. It's mostly through social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat maybe. Those are very quick and pretty cheap solutions for press release. So in a way, to come into contact with live performance work, I need to enter this virtual field, this virtual place. And that's really weird because then that part, that becomes part of the choreography of how I live and I as a performer today. Um, we are very saturated in this new, newish world. I want to think of it as an extra layer on the planet or maybe a new planet, not, not just a virtual space because we are drawn towards these spaces in social media and we can travel through space and time and towards history archived, bits of it at the you know touch of a finger and that's just amazing, but because we don't do so with much care or attention, it could be bad for humans because it affects the way we live and die, I would say. Motivation. As a relatively new character in the stories of Danish dance, I feel a responsibility to glean what has been around the grounds that I'm inhabiting and what facts and fictions, which have gone by unconsciously or unspokenly, while also contributing with Q&As coming from places beyond Nordic borders. I mean, I arrived in Sweden when I was 14, so I had two childhoods, I would say, one in the Philippines, Southeast Asia, and another one in Sweden, the north. And the climate is incredibly different, the temperate, temperament of the people are incredibly different and thinking of where people dance in these places for example where I grew up in the Philippines people would dance at home it's and the homes are open the doors are open because it's super warm dance studios were I would say for the privileged 
those that can afford to enter education while in Sweden, you don't need to pay for much education unless you go to a private studio and do your stuff there. I think it's um, questions like class struggle, I would say, is a big thing in the Philippines because poverty is quite a big thing. But when I returned last year or two years ago, the middle class was booming, apparently, what it seemed. And I don't know how that happened. While in Sweden, things are kind of steady, steady and easygoing because uh, the structures can afford that kind of flexibility, taking a lot of change without needing to change as much. Like the speed of Sweden, I would say, is quite steady. Well, in the Philippines, it's kind of rocky because of the 28 storms that you get in a year and then there's always earthquakes and then your house is flooded. And then those are concerns that I have not experienced while in Sweden or in Denmark. And the way that these bodies are choreographed by these places already changes how we experience dance and choreography or how we work with those. And if we even, or what it is we consider dance and choreography and how we consider these, especially relating to stories, histories. How relevant is it to history? In the Philippines, for example, there's plenty of folk dance. It's just part of education. And in Sweden, it's not. I don't know yet what to think about that because not everyone necessarily wants to do folk dance. And there's hip hop dancing on the streets. There's plenty of nightlife. And in Sweden, there's also a certain kind of nightlife, but bodies move differently. And I think that having this double perspective is incredibly rich. So that's what I'm enjoying right now, this double privilege. I believe that having a thorough, curious, critical atmosphere with a hint of play, rough, riotous, critical, is an effective way to go about myth-building through time, informing ways of reactivating history and actively practicing history-making in the work of moving about bodies, moving bodies, and stringing together words in various modes. Here I say history twice and myth once, but I put myth first because it's more interesting to talk and listen about, listen to myths rather than watching history because history feels like something delivered and repeated. I experience it as super black and white and a boring text and something I probably heard before and there's nothing new added or there's no other layers that are kind of made perceptible. So it just becomes a story that we repeat again and again and becomes normalized and we take it as natural. And that's really weird to me because there's a lot happening in dance and choreography. Like while dancing is already incredibly complex, as a watcher, you only see or you could only experience 10%, I would say. And that's why I stay with dance and choreography because I know that there's a bit of a, there's something mystical about it without it being too romantic or, you know. I came to dance because it's a certain feeling of freedom. Like when I go to bed at night, I'm only going to bed because my body is tired. 
and my mind cannot deal with a tired body. People might say my head is full or my heart is heavy, and that's why one falls asleep. So there we're, we're, that's dealing with a body. And then when you wake up, open your eyes, you see probably your own room, unless you've been doing other stuff. And the first thing you face or I face is the world or the world outside my body. But the first meeting for me is being with my body. So there's already many layers of myths and like not knowing what happened between falling asleep and waking up because I don't dream. <laughs> That's a problem I have. I don't dream a lot. And those spaces where one can create, you know, fictions and take it as real, part of reality, they contribute to reality, they make place in this world that we share or worlds that we share, is why I prefer taking things as myths and not histories. But it allows a myth, myth kind of allows a certain distance of dealing with stories. And I feel like that playroom is quite important in order to work. Because it shouldn't be dry if it's going to be sustainable. You have to have some kind of fun and not take things too damn seriously. So taking it seriously, but with a hint of play is super important. Otherwise things get stuck. And when things are stuck like cement, I would say, it only has a certain lifetime until it breaks. And then what do you do with that broken thing that once had a function of keeping a roof up? Like that's that's a huge problem. So I say no to these super dry, apparently made for something things, but yeah. So that's why I'm here.